AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Hour number two of extra point right here on this Friday, December 1st. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until one o'clock today. That's right. We're in the Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Von Hansen's, it's not your normal meat market. Craft beer, wine, spirits, and amazing treats for your four-legged friends. Uh, visit them, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. Holiday time is here. So find your next meal for all your visiting family and friends this holiday season. And specific to the weekend, the weekend specials, certified Angus choice beef, New York strip steak, $4 a pound off, prime pork back ribs at $6.99 a pound, and the fresh natural whole fryers at $1.99 a pound. That's Von Hansen's Meat. Dot net. Let's quickly reset the scene with today's poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question in regards to the Arizona Cardinals. They're traveling east to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So who do you have? ATS in Pittsburgh, Cardinals plus 5.5 or Steelers minus 5.5. Cardinals taking the lead here at 55% of the vote. Steelers trailing at 45%. It's a question we'll officially answer around 11, uh, 1230 today. Tossing it on over to Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Big time NFC championship rematch. Who wins Sunday at Philadelphia? The 49ers or the Eagles? The Eagles lead continues to stretch here. 57.1% of the vote. 49ers trailing at 42.9%. Another question that we officially answer around 12.30 today. We make room for Brian Blewis of Pro Football Network to chat NFL props with us around 12.15. So let's get back into the Friday spread NFL discussion. We left off with the Falcons and the Jets. The Falcons uh, minus 1.5, Jets plus 1.5, over-under sitting at 33.5. Obviously, the big news surrounding the Jets this week is that Aaron Rodgers' 21-day window has officially opened. Uh, but the offensive line, it's obviously been really bad when you just look at some sack numbers for Zach Wilson. He's been sacked 38 times. There's already been eight sacks in two starts again uh, for Tim Boyle. The Jets' run defense, though, is giving up 140.3 yards per game on the ground. And if you look at what the Falcons can do and do well, it's run the ball. In fact, 61.3% of their plays last week were designed run plays. So maybe just keep running the ball. You would hope. Uh, and Bijan had a good week last week and uh, seemed to be even more involved than he had been previously. He's not been involved all the time. Uh, but in the last game uh, against New Orleans last week, had a rushing and a passing touch, uh, receiving touchdown in that game. I'm on the, the I'm on the, the Falcons here. Uh, not a lot because I just don't trust Desmond Ritter, who also threw two awful picks last week, and gave the Saints a chance to win that game. 
The Dolphins in the Commanders. Dolphins plus nine and a half. Commanders, uh, excuse me, Dolphins minus nine and a half. Commanders plus nine and a half. Over-under sitting at 49 and a half. Numbers coming from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. The Commanders defense, they have given up 59 pl- pass plays of over 20 yards or more, which is most in the league. Will firing Jack Del Rio really help this defense, though? Tua has just been okay the last couple of games, but uh, he hasn't needed to do anything more than that against the opponents that they have faced. Then the question here is, what's the status of Tyreek Hill? He popped up on the injury report this week with an ankle. How is Devon Achan doing? And then would you flip this back to the commander's side of things in terms of Sam Howell? I would say and venture to say it's fair to say he's aggressive in both a good way, but also puts the ball sometimes in harm's way. So is he really learning and getting better here with what's being surrounded uh, in Washington? They got good receivers, and he's been good. In fact, I have a fantasy my fantasy league. I have Herbert and Her, uh, Herbert and uh, Howell are my two quarterbacks, my main two guys. And now, just in points and fantasy, the fantasy world, which isn't all that you know, a lot of stats and so forth. But Howell for the season has actually had a better year than Herbert in my at least in my fantasy league. Uh, and I don't think it's all that far off because Herbert I think has been disappointing, and Howell's been as good as it can possibly be. Uh, so there's that. Uh, to answer the Del Rio question, I don't think it matters who the defensive coordinator is. They fired the wrong coach here, but they should have fired Ron Rivera years ago, quite frankly, as we've gone through before. Achan, uh, to my understanding this morning, has been cleared that you know, he's going to play this game. How much he plays this game and the rest of the year, I would be, if I'm the Dolphins, I mean, you got Mostert. You've also got other running backs there that you know can. I would not overuse Achan because I want him healthy as possible for the playoffs. The Browns and the Rams. Browns plus three and a half. Rams minus three and a half. Over under sitting at forty and a half. Miles Garrett, I guess the reports have came back much better than originally indicated for him. Uh, so question mark is, is he okay and ready to go and really set the tone on defense for the Browns? The Browns are very good when they have short fields on offense where they score touchdowns at a clip of 23.8% of drives when they start at their own 31 or better. However, it's not Deshaun Watson. It's not DTR. It's not P.J. Walker. Is it really going to be Joe Flacco? Uh, therefore, can the Rams and Aaron Donald become a complete game wrecker? For the Rams on offense, Kyrene Williams, he's coming off of uh, his best performance, another one against the Cardinals here. But when you look at who he's going up now against a Browns defense, it's a very different story. But the Browns defense has not been good on the road, even when they've been healthy. And it looks like, you know, just based on Thursday and Friday, uh, they, you know, the Browns have been in California all week long. They played in Denver last week, and they went to California after that game. Garrett and Ward, uh, you know, I don't think there's any argument here. They're two best defensive players. Uh, they have, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday in any as- aspect whatsoever. Then we'll find out this afternoon whether they practice today. But you would hope that they maybe would be limited on a Thursday practice, and they weren't yesterday. Uh, and they, when those guys have been, even when they've been healthy this year, they've been bad on the road defensively. They've allowed 29 points per game on the road this year. 
The Chiefs and the Packers. Chiefs minus six, Packers plus six, over-under sitting at 42.5. Are the Chiefs going to start getting Rasheed Rice more involved? He had an over-100-yard receiving game against the Raiders, and when they fed him the ball, he's been pretty darn good. Uh, The questions here about the Packers with Jordan Love, has he found it, or is it more based upon the last two defenses that he's recently faced? And then... Just in general about what time of year it is, is it time for the Chiefs to start getting going on that offensive side of the ball and showing some real big signs of life here? Meanwhile, the Chiefs' defense uh, matching up with what Jordan Love can do. They're just giving up 176.6 passing yards per game. I think you bring up really good points here in all facets. I mean, Jordan Love, is the last two games, he's been really impressive. But that was against the Chargers and the Lions' pass defenses, who were not good. Uh, and uh, not good at all in the you know, case of the Chargers. And uh, the Lions have gotten worse significantly during the season. Even when they've got some of their healthy or previously injured players have come back, the Lions' pass defense has still gotten worse. Uh, Love has not been good against the best defenses he's faced so far. That might just be inexperienced and needs to play more. But you know, this is a good test for the Packers and Love here. As far as the Chiefs go, I'm not buying that they've turned it around on offense because, you know, they beat the Raiders. Um, and you, you mentioned Rice. He's part of the drop pass club uh, that they have in Kansas City. He's not caught every pass that's been thrown to him. Uh, he was good last week, um, made a couple of huge plays against the Raiders. I need to see more from Kansas City's offense to be convinced that they're better. And the, like I said, this is a really good barometer game, I think, for Jordan Love. Uh, the Panthers and the Buccaneers. Panthers plus five and a half. Buccaneers minus five and a half. Over under sitting at 36 and a half. Do the Panthers get a boost with a new head coach? Uh, can Baker avoid the costly turnovers here? Bryce Young, though, we know how it has been a struggle for him. He's also been sacked 40 times on the season. The Bucks defense allows touchdowns in the red zone at a 37.8% clip, which is the second best in the NFL. I really have nothing to offer in this game, quite frankly, other than the the stat you gave me earlier in the week that uh, the Carolina Panthers have now had five straight games with 15 points or fewer. And the other game that uh, everyone doesn't want to watch is the Chargers and the Patriots. <laughs> uh, Chargers minus five and a half, Patriots plus five and a half, over-under sitting at 40 and a half. So is Bill going to see his future team up close and personal in this game? Uh, then the question here is, does it look like it's going to be Bailey Zappi for the Patriots, and does that actually change anything? When it comes to the Patriots' defense, though, they rank last in the NFL in pressure rate since they lost Matthew Judon in Week 4. I did not know that. Okay. Uh, just a couple of quick things here. Brandon Staley, they're four and seven. He declared that this week is a must win. <laughs> really? No kidding. You sure? This is why he's a genius. That's another reason he should be fired for just saying that. Uh, you tell me, uh, does ba- Bailey Zappi make a difference? No. I think we've seen okay. enough of Bailey Zappi that uh, it, it's not going to make a difference. Okay. You watch watch the Patriots closely, and I watch them as little as possible. (laughs) The thing that uh, would make a difference is if you just tried to run the ball because the Chargers' defense has some susceptibility there. Well, I I hope they do that because Stevenson's on my fading fantasy team and needs a win either this week or next week to make the playoffs. 
Maybe we'll see if Brian Lewis agrees with us that uh, Bill, the Bills, Bill Belichick, Bill O'Brien on the offensive side will just run the ball, maybe find some props there for, for them. We'll get into some NFL prop talk with Brian Lewis on the other side. Good of the- idea. <laughs> He's coming to us from Pro Football Network. We still have that $100 gift certificate available for you to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Not quite yet, though. We're going to make room for Brian Lewis on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Download the KTUS AM1060 skill and enable. Then say, Alexa, open the KTUS AM1060. This is where I start my day. Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. It's time for NFL Prop Bet Discussion, Week 13 edition. We pop on out to the KDOS hotline, Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com for all their work. Brian, Bob, and Kayla, how are you on this Friday? I'm great. How are you guys? Doing fantastic. Looking forward to finding something uh, fun to get rooted for uh, this weekend here. And we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals. They are on the road facing the Steelers. Pat Fryermuth, he's back and seemed to be more involved in the offense heavily last week. So is it worth looking at him for some over numbers here? And for the Cardinals, they're giving up 140.1 yards per game on the ground. So how do we figure out a way to capitalize on that with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren? Uh, In addition to that, should we look at some TJ Watt sack numbers for how this Cardinals offensive line has been struggling in pass pro? Well, I'll say that you never it's never a bad idea to look at TJ Watt's sack numbers considering he's one of the five best pass rushers in the NFL by far. So that's always a good play, especially against a bad Cardinals uh, offensive line. I mean, with Pat Firebooth, we saw what Tyler Higby did to you guys last week. I got a funny story on that. There was a, a, a false report that Tyler Higby was inactive, and I had to start yeah. him in fantasy. So I dropped him from my team, and then two seconds later, it was reported, oh, that actually wasn't true. It was silly for me to pick him back up, and then he scored two touchdowns. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, two touchdowns of the year for Higby. Yeah. I know, right? But if Tyler yeah. Higby could, could pull out against your def- against the Cardinals' defense in the year 2023, Pat Fryer could go over his 34-and-a-half yards mark. I wouldn't take him to score a touchdown because Kenny Pickett is not a touchdown thrower, to say the least. He's not good in the red zone either. So I really want to play that there. And you go, talk about the running backs. This is a really good rushing attack right now for the Steelers, but they're offensive line fully healthy, and it's maybe the best running back tandem in the NFL. They both went over their rushing totals last week, and we saw what Con Williams did to the to the Cardinals' rushing defense last week. Where I honestly think either is a good overplay. I don't know if I would do both, but I don't know which one I prefer over the other. But I think it's really a coin flip. Okay, I'm going to piggyback off of that whole conversation there. The Cardinals' defense has been so bad. 
that it's allowed a rushing t- at least one rushing touchdown to a running back in 11 of 12 games this season. So maybe Najee Harris anytime touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he gets more of the red zone opportunities between the two backs. Jalen Ward's more yeah. of the like big play guy. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's not a huge disparity. He has fourteen more. He has fourteen attempts in the red zone compared to nine for Najee, but he has three in the, inside the five and zero for for Jalen Ward versus ten inside the ten yard line, just two for Jalen Ward. So if you can find a good price with any kind of touchdown odds, that's a good play for sure. Brian Blues, Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com. Uh, I promise after this question, we'll get to some better games. The Chargers and the Patriots, uh, you know, Justin Herbert should be able to move the ball on this New England defense, but his number sitting at two, 245 and a half yards. Meanwhile, this Chargers defense has certainly been susceptible to uh, a lot, but this New England offense is just so, so bad. Will the Bills finally just give the ball to Ramadre Stevenson or Ezekiel Elliott, and do we look at them in rushing yards yeah i mean maybe this matchup you do just because the chargers have just such a bad defense all around it's not a play that i'm really interested in because i have no interest on betting on the over for any patriots offense player at the moment unless it's one of the quarterbacks with their interception so i don't know if i'll really go in that direction but with the Chargers and justin herbert the chargers are eighth and passion over expected this season so they always like to they really like to run and gun and, and air it out, especially with uh, New York's coordinator, Callum Moore. And I think the number's low enough for Justin Herbert, and this Patriots defense is the same unit that it used to be, that, that, would, that if I were to go one way or the other, I'd go the over. Okay, one other quick thing on this game. Sorry, Kayla, I know you <laughs> promised, but I, I can't help myself here. Uh, Austin Eckler, often injured. He hasn't had more than 47 – actually, excuse me, he's had 47 yards twice in the last seven games. The Patriot, uh, Patriots' run defense is seventh best in the NFL. Is it too late to try to bet anything under on Eckler props? No, I don't think so because the line's higher than it has been in recent weeks. I think I gave up the over, the under on it last week in our player props article for the Sunday night game. And off the top of my head, I believe that hit. And now this week, it's gone higher. It's now at 51 and a half. And you said it. Since he turned from the injury, he just hasn't been as effective of a runner. We know Austin Eckler, he's not like just – or just not, he's, he's, he provides more value besides just in the running game. So, like, if you're really not getting, like, poor production out of him right now. Yeah, he only had 32 yards on 10 carries last week. So – the only issue here could be game script, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Eckler's going to be the guy involved with the game script. The Chargers have a big lead late. And also, do the Chargers ever have a big lead late in games? The answer is almost never. So <laughs> I don't think it's a bad idea to take this under here. Well, that'll teach me to promise. So no more promises in this segment. Uh, the Broncos, they've been pounding the you're run. Smart, you're smart not speaking for me, though. That's a good move on your part. <laughs> The Broncos, they've been pounding the run game with Javante Williams. Uh, Russell Wilson, in fact, scrambled a bit more in last week's game, too, against the Browns. So do we think that that might be something part of this contest here? Wilson's rushing number is just sitting at 23 and a half yards. As for C.J. Stroud, he has hit four straight 300-yard passing games. The offensive line, though, suffered another injury. The ground game hasn't been very effective for the Texans here, and it's really been all on Stroud. His line's sitting at 261 and a half, so what do we do with him? Yeah, um, for Russell Wilson, I'm not entirely sure what direction to go with his rushing yards prop. I do know that or I do expect the Broncos have had the same success through the air that the Jaguars did last year, just as, be- as much as uh, as much better as uh, Russell Wilson looked this year compared to last year. 
he's not close to the caliber of quarterback that Trevor Lawrence is. And to answer a question on C.J. Stroud, he'll be playing at home again this one. As you look at his home road splits, he's a much better quarterback at home. On the road, he's averaging 250 yards per game through the air. At home, that's 333 yards. And his, and his yards per attempt is nearly two yards higher. And I'm still not totally sold on Broncos' defense. They're definitely improved, but they're improved from giving up 70 points earlier in the season. And they kind of been, they had a lot of benefit of turnovers recently. In their five-game winning streak, they've had a turnover differential plus 14. That's definitely not sustainable, even against a quarterback like Stroud, who is definitely a big risk taker. But I, I'm, always, I'm almost always going to take Stroud overs at home. I've done the past couple of weeks and don't, wouldn't even mind getting him at plus odds to go for 300 plus. Okay, we're all going to be watching San Francisco at Philadelphia. What from that game are you looking at as far as the prop market goes? Sorry, I, I got to chat for one second. Which game? The San Francisco-Philadelphia game. Oh, oh, of course. Yeah, well, if you if you guys were – obviously you guys were watching the Eagles-Bills game last week. That was a game of the week. And one important um, thing to, coming out of that game is that the Eagles defense is on the field for over 90 snaps. And, if you compare snap counts to the Eagles' defense the last two weeks versus the 49ers' defense the last two weeks, Eagles' defense has played more, 40, at least more, like 47 more snaps than the Niners, and that's close to a full game's worth, which is really insane, versus the Niners are going to be coming off 10 days rest playing on Thanksgiving against the Seahawks. That the Eagles are one of the worst defenses in the NFL in defending the middle of the field. They have a really weak linebacker unit, and one of their best linebackers will be out for this game already. They're going to be even thin at a position where they're very thin at. And if you look at the 49ers offense, what does that mean? That means a big day from George Kittle potentially against the Eagles defense. That's the worst in the NFL by DVOA defending tight ends. His receiving yards prop is like 45 and a half right now. I know he's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde player because it's sort of mouth to see in that offense, but I really like the over there. And I also like the over DeAndre Swift on the other side for the Eagles. He's just been a real dynamic back for them this year when their offensive line is totally healthy. And there's one way to exploit the 49ers defense on the ground. And Swift has a high volume in that backfield, but he's also a big play guy too. Like I had this play last weekend. It looked dead for a while that he broke up a huge run against the Bills in the second half, and then boom, it hit. One more on this game here. Jalen Hurts, anytime touchdown score is sitting at minus 105. Obviously, we know what they do when they get in short yardage situations with the the tush push, but he's also been scrambling a little bit more. Is that worth uh, trying to go in that direction? Yeah, I basically have a rule. Anytime Hurts, anytime touchdown is less than minus 110, so it's better than minus 110, take it. Just because, like, it's never a massive dependent thing or anything. They could have, like, so many times, too, we see, like, Devontae Smith gets tackled the one-yard line. Smith brings him down to the five-yard line. And it's not even just a tush push. And you mentioned that, too. They really love those design runs for Hurts in the red zone when they uh, have an empty backfield. It's a call that has been dismayed at Eagles fans a lot this season because it hasn't worked. But it also worked to win the game last week. So, as long as that's, you can find that under minus 120, stays under that, take it. Okay, we talked about this game in the last segment a little bit. The Chiefs' offense looked better last week, but it was against the Raiders. So can we jump on Chiefs' overprops uh, this week? Um, this one, I think you can. I mean, I'm not totally scared of this Packers' defense, while the Chiefs' defense is a really good one for the other side of the ball. But I guess the main thing is here is, like, is Travis Kelsey still that same guy? I mean, He's still the best receive, best tight end in all of football, but he's not as explosive as he used to be. His yards per catch are at a career low and almost two yards lower than his worst. So if I'll go any direction here, 
I'll maybe take the under in Travis Kelsey receiving yards, especially when the Packers are top 10 and fewest targets allowed of the position this year. One more on this game. We both, you know, we're in agreement here on Jordan Love and taking his uh, 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 throwing props over playing on that Thanksgiving game. Uh, but for me, looking at this, I really focused more on the fact that it was playing against a Chargers defense than a Lions defense for this success. Now you look at a Chiefs defense, which is giving up just 177 yards through the air per game. So what do we do with Jordan Love at 227 and a half yards? Yeah, I think you mentioned it, that the biggest difference is the matchups here. The Lions have the one of the worst pass defense in the NFL, and um, the Chiefs have one of the best ones. So this could be a good sell, buy, a sell high spot for Jordan Love, excuse me. I definitely agree with you there. Uh, as far as uh, you know, the highest number, as far as the total goes this week, is Miami and Washington sitting at 49.5. Should we try to take advantage of any player props in that game? Well, my co- one of my colleagues at Pro Football Network always takes the over for the top receiver against the Commanders. It didn't hit last week to C.D. Lamb, but Tyreek Hill's line is as high as over 100 yards in some sports books, and you get it low as 97 and a half. So I would definitely take the over there. I mean, Tyreek Hill is basically a system play week after week. Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com here on KDOS AM 1060. Uh, the Falcons and the Jets, uh, no one really has known what to do with B. John Robinson this entire season, but there is one thing that has been consistent, and for the Jets, they've been prone to giving up rushing yards all season long. So is looking at a Bijan Robinson overplay here worth it or even sprinkling in Tyler Algier if we're not confident that Bijan stays being the consistent player? Yeah, I mean, Bijan's props aren't so high right now that they'd be buying high on him. My only concern is just like, do we trust Arthur Smith to be playing the right guys in the right spots? We have Besides, before last week, we had a full season's worth almost, or two-thirds of a season of that. Arthur Smith doesn't play the best guys in the right spot. So I think that would make the most sense here, especially with the matchup. That's the way to beat this Jets defense is on the ground. I just don't feel totally confident in trusting the coach, if that makes sense. The Colts, I think they're going to need to throw the ball against the Titans. So any Gardner Minshew, Michael Pittman, or Josh Down props to get your attention. Not entirely, but I'm looking the other side of the ball, and I'm looking at Derrick Henry. The last time these two teams played against each other, they basically stuffed Derrick Henry. He had less than 50 yards on the ground. It's a very inefficient day. But they had their best run stuffer there, Grover Stewart, and he's been suspended since then. And since he's now on the lineup, this Colts run defense has fallen off a cliff. And look at Derrick Henry's splits, too. He's been a much better runner at home than on the road this season. And a big part of that is the Titans have a much better team at home. They're undefeated, which is pretty crazy to say considering their record. Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com. The Browns and the Rams. Kyrene Williams coming off another fantastic performance against the Cardinals. But his two best games in, so far this season have come against the Cardinals. So can he move the ball against this really good Browns run defense? Also, is it crazy to think that we should start going Cooper Cup under? Yeah, with Kyron Williams, this could be a good sell-high spot. The only thing is his yard line isn't that high at 63-and-a-half. And if you're the Rams' offense, you could feel comfortable trying to attack, trying to take some risky shots downfield against the Browns' defense, considering are you going to be really scared about Joe Flacco on the other side of the ball? I don't think the type of game where they want to keep the Browns' offense off the field and they can actually trust their defense in this one. In terms of a Cooper Cup, 
his line is so low right now, 55 and a half. I can't remember last time a Cooper Cup receiving line was that low. So if you want to take the under, it would make sense. It would also be a good uh, buy low spot. Yeah, I'll just add, you know, we saw Cooper Cup last week. We were both at that uh, Cardinals-Rams game. He was really hobbling and had major problems getting off the line of scrimmage, even uh, in oh, any yeah. kind of coverage. And it's not like the Cardinals are – the secondary is not very good as far as their corners go. And he you – know, I was kind of wondering why he's still out there because they had a comfortable lead in the second half of that game. Last one for me, Monday night the, uh, the Bengals' defense is now last in the NFL in yards per play. Uh, so who on the Jags might we target on uh, for success on Monday night? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of fallen on the radar that pretty much every story on the Bengals this year and their struggles has just has been about Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow's health when he was in the lineup, now he's out of the lineup. But it's been pretty under the radar is that this this Bengals defense has been pretty poor this year, to say the least. So in that, in that aspect, I'm looking at Travis Etienne in this match or considering they're pretty big favorites. At, um, they're pretty big favorites in this one, I believe, at home, the Jaguars. I don't see props from them at the moment because it's uh, still a few days out for Monday night. night. Yeah. yeah, but considering I think they'll have a big lead here, not really scared of Drake Browning on the other side of the ball, but I think they can really rely on him to bleed this game out late in the game. So give me uh, any overs on Travis Etienne. Before we let you on the number. Before we let you go here today, Brian, is there anything that you like that we haven't touched on? Anytime touchdown score, passing yards, receiving yards, rushing yards? No, you guys really hit it. Um, I'll go back to the Eagles-Niners game as the one that I feel the best about from a player prop standpoint because I'm really worried about the Eagles' defense going against the Niners' offense with a big rest disadvantage, but at the same time, on the other side of the ball, I really like DeAndre Swift to be a focal point of this Eagles' offense this matchup. Brian, as always, we greatly appreciate your time, and we look forward to having a fun Sunday. Yep, thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. Once again, Brian Blue is there, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. It's time now for you. The $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits could be yours if you're caller number 3, 602-260-1060 is the number. 602-260-1060, caller 3, $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Make sure you're coming with your weekend play we're looking to go three in a row for the weekend as we're currently sitting at nine and four on the season. But for Vaughn Hansons, they're located 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. So pay them a visit. Find all your holiday needs in addition to the weekend specials. Certified Angus Choice Beef New York Strip Steak at $4 a pound off. Prime Pork Back Ribs at $6.99 a pound. And the Fresh Natural Whole Fryers at $1.99 a pound. More coming up in the extra point as we answer today's poll questions. Of course, the Arizona Cardinals are in Pittsburgh, so we'll dive into that contest um, as well as the 49ers and the Eagles. It's the extra point here on KDOS AM 1060. Your caddy, Ray Adams, takes you beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on KDOS AM 1060. Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Vaughn Hansen's Meats and Spirits, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. 
Pay them a visit online at vonhansensmeats.net. Our winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits has chosen the weekend play. Joe Flacco, as he's likely to get the start for the Cleveland Browns, going over his touchdown numbers. So we'll uh, be rooting for that with Joe Flacco making his return to the NFL uh, here in week number 13. What did he sign last week with the Browns to the practice squad? And that's then, true. And uh, it looks and Cooper's going to play, it appears. So that's that's good for Flacco, right? I so would have was, to think so. There was talk earlier this week that Cooper may not be available, but he uh, apparently has practiced at least some this week. Well, good. Uh, that certainly helps. I mean, Njoku, uh, I feel like right tight ends are, are great yeah. for guys that are kind of like uh, just coming into a system, a little safety valve. So maybe some Flacco to Njoku yeah. connection could well, be helpful. He was, D- he was DTR's main guy. He so was. So I don't know if that – I don't know. Yeah, Flacco, though – is his whole career, whether it be a Delaware or with the Ravens, uh, is just heave it down the field as far as he can, which has frequently been very far. And maybe the opponent will uh, not catch the ball and the uh, his teammate will. <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right. So that's what we're rooting for for the weekend. But we transition our conversation over to the Twitter poll or to the poll questions. And we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Who do you have ATS at Pittsburgh Cardinals plus five and a half or Steelers minus five and a half? I'm going Steelers 23 uh, 13 in this game. I think they should physically dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Uh, as we just mentioned, I mentioned with Brian in the last segment, uh, the Cardinals' defense has been so bad that they've allowed at least one rushing touchdown to a running back in 11 of 12 games this season. As Ray, uh, Ray Fittipaldo mentioned from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette during the sports zone today, they've been much better running the ball, not just after the coordinator change, but for the last two or three weeks, they've been much better running the ball. So I think that's a you know, definite advantage for Pittsburgh. On the flip side, the Cardinals' offensive line uh, has gotten significantly worse uh, during the season, uh, especially in pass blocking. I think they'll be outmatched by a Steelers defensive front that is fifth in the league in sacks in their home games this year. And that makes sense. Crowd noise, you know, they go crazy there, especially when they play that Renegade song uh, to start the fourth quarter. And I can't imagine how the Cardinals' pass protection is going to get better this week. Also, the Cardinals have been competitive in just two road games this year. They're winless uh, straight up in six road games, and four of the six losses have been by less, by actually more than by more than 14 points. So I think the Cardinals 23-13 is a blowout for the Steelers. <laughs> so I I would yeah I could I, I could envision coming back and saying a score like that and saying the score wasn't as close as it looks or sounded, uh, but I think the Cardinals. Uh, are in trouble. It's just a terrible matchup for them this week against the Steelers physically. Well, when you said 23, I was thinking to myself, my goodness, are they going to kick six field goals in this game to, to get there? They might do that. I mean, actually, that's you know, their special teams are also really good. The Cardinals, you know, other than Prater, their special teams, I think it's safe to say, have been inconsistent. But that happens a ton when you've got players coming and going who are mainly in special teams, guys coming and going like every day. 
Uh, a couple of things here from Jonathan Gannon, who met the media for the Arizona Cardinals earlier today. Wide receiver Michael Wilson, cornerback Starling Thomas, and cornerback Antonio Hamilton will officially not play on Sunday. As for uh, Hollywood Brown and Trey McBride, he said that that is to be determined for them as they were popping up on the injury list. Uh, Darren Urban of uh, azcardinals.com had tweeted out during the open portion of practice that they were able to see. McBride was out there working. Hollywood Brown was not. So not sure if that impacts anyone's thinking here, but that is uh, some updates there about some injury concerns for the Cardinals. McBride was a limited participant yesterday after he didn't practice on Wednesday. I'm not sure what Brown – I didn't even notice Brown on the list yet. Brown was not practicing both days. Okay. Okay. I did not – I missed that somehow. So my bad there. Uh, But if I'm not mistaken, he didn't practice last Wednesday and Thursday and played the game on, on Sunday. That is true. Uh, For the Steelers here, their 400 yards of offensive explosion last week, but it only resulted in just 16 points. So there's like a bit of a caveat there. Can they get the ball in the end zone? Uh, The run game for... The Steelers has been kind of inconsistent at best. I mean, you have the the two-back system. Uh, It seemed like it had a lot more success last week, so can that success carry over this week? Well, the Cardinals, they give up 140.1 yards per game on the ground. Uh, Then when you look at the offensive line for Arizona, uh, having a guy like T.J. Watt bearing down on you will certainly put a lot of pressure on that offensive line. Yes, we know Kyler has the ability to scramble to make explosive plays to get and bail offensive linemen out but if tj watt is in the backfield before he even has a chance to make a decision about where he wants to run it could be a very long day for them uh so kind of just how how are they going to try to slow down that pass rush? Are they going to get some of the quick game involved for the Cardinals? Uh, will they be able to run the ball? That has been one area that when Cam Hayward was not in the game for the Steelers, they were giving up a ton of yards on the ground. Since Cam Hayward has come back, it's kind of shored up that run defense for the Steelers. But James Conner going back to Pittsburgh, he always runs hard. Feed him the ball. Maybe that's a way to kind of control some of the clock there and slow down some of that pass rush uh i hate the line in general i think the steelers win the game but if i'm forced to say one way or another i do think steelers minus five and a half i'll just add one other thing of those cardinals rushing defense uh, numbers that you mentioned have been uh, far worse than the last three or four weeks Steelers minus, or I'm sorry, Cardinals plus five and a half is the winner for today at 54% of the vote. Steelers minus five and a half sitting at 46%. That is KDOS1060.com's poll question over on Twitter at KDOSAM1060. Who wins Sunday at Philadelphia, 49ers or the Eagles? Uh, Since Trent Williams and Debo Samuel came back from injury here, they've won and dominated. 34-3 win over the Jaguars, 27-14 win over the Buccaneers, 31-13 win over the Seahawks. If you also want to throw in before they were injured, they are undefeated as a team with both those players healthy on the field. 
The 49ers defense allows 39.86% of third down conversion rate. Meanwhile, Philly is very good on third down, converting 47.30% of the time. So what third down uh, situation will give on what side of the ball? It just seems to be a really terrible spot here for the Eagles. Go back to two weeks, playing a Monday night game against the Chiefs. Uh, Very physical battle, having to come from behind mentally, physically as well. Short week playing then the Bills at home on Sunday in a complete torrential downpour, another physical battle, another mental battle that goes into overtime. You have a defense that was on the field for as long as it was. Meanwhile, the 49ers played last on Thanksgiving. They're coming in more rested in this situation. It just seems like a bad spot for the Eagles. I understand, too, if you want to go narrative-related, the 49ers are looking to exact revenge from the NFC Championship game when they lost all their quarterbacks and it really became no contest because of the lack of quarterbacks the Eagles exhausted from hearing the 49er side of things quote unquote I've heard a lot whine about not having quarterbacks so there could be some narrative things at play but I do think the 49ers come in and uh, just this is a much better spot uh, I think win the game I agree with all that even though I don't care about the revenge or the whining angles too much in fact I don't care about the revenge thing at all I've just basically said all season long in the preseason, in fact, that the 49ers are the best team in the league. As you mentioned, unbeaten this season when Trent Williams and Debo Samuel have been healthy. The Eagles have started slowly in many games this year, and in fact, in most games, uh, because Jalen Hurts, quite frankly, has not been good in the first half of several games. He's already thrown a career-high 10 interceptions. Then they fall down double digits, and Hertz makes plays in the second half, and they win those games. In fact, they trailed by double digits now in four straight games. They won all four of them. Uh, you, know, you mentioned uh, you know, the fact that you know, last week, 95 snaps the defense was on the field in that game against the Bills. That's the most of any defense being on the field in one game in the NFL this season. Also, the Eagles have given up a whole bunch of multiple big pass plays on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, so that, I think, certainly falls into the uh, category where, you know, the, the Niners are the kings of the run after the catch. And, uh, you know, Purdy usually delivers the ball on time and in stride, etc. And I'll just add one more thing. If the Eagles are trying to come back this week, I think it's less likely they're able to do so because the 49ers pass rush. I think has a big-time advantage here against the Eagles' offensive line, which is not nearly as good as it was last year in pass protection. Not even close. Uh, does Let's see here. I am seeing that Eric Armstead says he will be out there on Sunday. I know he popped up on the injury report this week, and uh, obviously making the trade for Chase Young has certainly helped uh, shore up that pass rush. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, he's been uh, he's been good, but you know Chase Young's had periodic spots where he was really good with Washington. Uh, he's also had longer stretches where he's been missing in action when he was in Washington. So I think we need to see more of a sample size with Chase Young with the 49ers to realize if he's going to be a consistent difference maker for them. And finally, the masses, they are on the Eagles side of things at 57.1% of the vote. The 49ers trailing at 42.9%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Yeah, 
I didn't know if I really completely answered the question. I, yeah, I have the Niners winning this game 27-20, to 20, and I've mentioned early in the week that I was going to be on San Francisco in this game. The Suns, they're hosting the Denver Nuggets tonight. There is some injury updates that we'll get to on the other side of the break as we wrap up this Friday edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Once again, congratulations to our winner of the Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits $100 gift certificate. And we're looking at the weekend play of Browns, uh, assuming here that Joe Flacco is going to play and his over touchdown props. We wrap it up on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point. We'll do what's best for the team, and we'll do what's best for you. The Rich Eisen Show, coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Here on KTUS AM 1060 and KTUS1060.com. things up on this Friday, December 1st edition. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you. And Bob, it's thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today, a Cardinal Steelers preview with Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And he reluctantly has the Steelers, you know, covering the spread. Uh, you know, winning the game and covering the five and a half number, which is uh, pretty much uh, the you know, consensus, at least. I know there's some sixes popping up in Las Vegas yesterday and earlier this morning. Also, our weekly NFL prop bet segment with Brian uh, Brian Blewis from Pro Football Network. So thanks to him. Uh, Sound of the day, courtesy of Fox, Amazon Prime Video, CBS, also three TV, ESPN, NBC, and ABC. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Up next from uh, 1 to 3 p.m., it is the Doug Gottlieb Show, followed by the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5. The Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster-Beerstein from 5 to 6. AFCU Women's Basketball getting the Brianne January tournament started. They're uh, facing Pacific tonight. Jeff Munn has the call. Pre-game, 6.30 p.m., tip at 7, right here on KDUS AM 10. Uh, Also tonight in the world of sports, the Phoenix Suns are hosting the Denver Nuggets tonight, 8 p.m. on ESPN. But uh, Devin Booker was originally listed as questionable with an ankle injury, rolled his ankle in that Wednesday game in Toronto. But, Bob, you have updated information on his status. Yeah, he's not going to play. He came back and finished that game. Obviously, that was one of the worst games of his career, uh, even before he got hurt. He was having you know, problems, uh, basically. I think it was kind of physically taken out of the game by the physical Toronto defense, but he's not expected to play tonight. Grayson Allen, who missed that game, or last, missed actually the last two games for the Suns with an illness, is expected back tonight. He's been a nice shot in the arm offensively, but the Suns have plenty of guys that put the ball in the basket. They need somebody that can defend. Uh, that game, like I said, 8 p.m. on ESPN. And flipping that to the Nuggets side, uh, the last game they played, they got Jamal Murray back, which uh, he yeah. had missed over a month or so of time with a hamstring injury. Pac-12 championship, UW, Oregon tonight, 6 p.m. on ABC. No more Pac-12 as we know it after tonight. Also, when you 
think about the Georgia and Alabama SEC championship game Saturday at 2 p.m. It'll be the last SEC game on CBS for at least 10 years because that new contract gets started in 2024. Also in the world of college football, Fox Sports averaged 19.065 million viewers for Michigan and Ohio State on Saturday. Most watched regular season college football game on any network since 2011, and it was the most watched regular college football game in Fox history. I'm guessing that was an LSU-Alabama game in 2011. That's my guess. Now you're going to have to make me do research on a Friday, Bob. Uh, I'm sorry. Nobody will remember this by Monday, so don't do it. Speaking of Monday, we'll talk to you then with the Sports Zone starting at 10 a.m.